So as promised, uh, I wanted to bring on uh, guests that kind of have words colliding. A lot of you know me uh, for doing college football stuff, not so much video game things. Uh, so I invited invited Caleb Schweiss. He is one of the voices on the Ultima Final Fantasy podcast, the Ultimate Final Fantasy podcast. Uh, hey, Caleb, how, how are you doing this fine, fine Saturday afternoon? Uh, you know, not too bad. I, uh, I'm, I'm pretty tired though. I, uh, just barely got a new job at the post office and I, I've been working like 12 hours pretty much constantly and so pretty tired, but you know what? It's nice. It's nice. Uh, no sleep is, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of a gamer's rite of passage, <laughs> right? I mean, sleep is, sleep is not playing video games. So it is sort of the enemy. Yeah, and but I'm doing pretty well. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Not no sleep, so I, yeah, uh, I'm feeling your pain there. Uh, well, uh, first off, uh, to kick everything off, and hopefully my sleep deprivation doesn't start affecting my brain too much. Uh, Want to tell the audience what you do on your podcast and really how it came about because. One of the cornerstones is that y'all are crazy enough to not just play every single Final Fantasy game, plus the spinoffs, but do reviews of them. So how did all that come about? Uh, well, there was a uh, there was a time when I had really only beaten like three of the games in the series. Um, I had beaten 7, 10, and 12. I had beaten 12 a couple times because for some reason I just love it. I love the weird blue and red lines that fly from the characters and the enemies and <laughs> uh, don't really love the story too much but the gameplay I've always thought was super fun so I had I had tons of these games though I mean there are like a million of them to begin with and I just had like seven or eight and I was like man I should really I should really probably try to just try to just finish as many of these Final Fantasy games as I as I can and I started Final Fantasy 1 and it was really brutal and i was like oh i don't want to use a, a guide or anything on these because it's not really beating it if you use a guide and I, uh, right i changed my tune real quick for final <laughs> fantasy one i was like yeah no i'm using a freaking guide for this thing and uh so i played about the first third of it and then i just kind of lost interest and then i uh i started talking with joe and he was kind of, he was always just kind of this dude, my co-host Joe. Um, he was just this dude that was like friends with friends. Um, and then I was like, we were both talking about working on the Final Fantasy series because he had played something similar to me. He'd only played and completed like three or so of the games. And uh, he always wanted to go through and complete the series just because it's like this huge beast of a series and everything he'd played up to this point has been really good so it would be you know if you're going to play a series you should play one that you believe is going to be solid right. um so he started doing that and then he uh was super into podcasts because he because he had a uh, job where he was driving constantly and so he was like, oh, uh, to accompany my little side project of beating all these Final Fantasies, I should try to find a, like a retrospective podcast, like something that, something that just kind of goes in depth with each of the games as like a, as a companion show um, for my playthrough of the series. And he tried 
I tried four or five podcasts and none of them really had what he was looking for. So, I mean, being the, you know, the way Joe is, he decided that I want to make my, uh, I want to make my own podcast. I want to make what isn't there for me to consume. And he had talked to me about Final Fantasy multiple times and asked me if I wanted to start a podcast with him. And I was like, yeah, sure. That sounds like it'll be fun. So, uh, that's what it, uh, that's what we did. We, you know, the funny part is though, is we, we were trying to come up with, uh, names for the show and one of them was totally limit break. It wasn't limit break radio, but it was just <laughs> limit break something. And then we were like, oh man, there's already one named that. And then it was funny cause, uh, cause Joe was, I think, I swear to God he said this, but he was like, he was like, yeah, I don't even know if they would notice though. So like we almost, <laughs> we almost went with that having no idea what, uh, what their those guys were or what their program was or that it had been around for ever at that point so uh that was kind of funny but uh yeah that's how we that's how we got started it was just a uh a, des- a desire for what we do um from joe like to accompany his playthrough uh basically just kind of formed us yeah, and it's it's been very cool. Lots of uh, a podcast that I would say is is very evergreen because not only do you do reviews of the game, but you talk about the history of SquareSoft and Square Enix and some of the the major players uh, within the company as well. Whether it's the music with uh, Nubo Uematsu, uh, just as one example there. Uh, which one, like, kind of, you know kind of taking it apart and doing digging into history has been your favorite or has it been something more off the wall uh like the uh sexy swinging fan fiction which ended up (laughs) that that spun off into its own podcast if i remember correctly yeah yeah it did we we wanted to do it i mean kind of we we enjoyed it to some extent it was kind of like ridiculous (laughs) the writing was uh, so we wanted to continue that, but we didn't want it to be on the show. So we just kind of severed it. Um, I think as far as as far as like what I've found most interesting so far is probably the uh, the stuff revolving around Ito because um, he's kind of like one of those kind of one of those big players, but he's a big player that you don't really think about as often unless you're really digging deep but his battle systems are like incredible i love the depth i love that every time it comes back to direct a game um, or be a real head honcho on the game the gameplay is like incredibly good he's got six nine twelve as his uh some of his uh bigger involved pieces i mean he's always there with the battle system or the event planning um stuff like that but i just i don't know there's just something about a game that he is either head of or up there for that is just damn fun i mean you got the uh the stuff with final fantasy 6 where you uh you equip summons to learn the spells and i was like oh man this is really cool this is like an awesome way to learn spells like yeah, I, I'm fine with the the original style of it, where you like level up and oh hey, you reach level thirty as a white mage. Now you have holy <laughs> and stuff like right. that. But the idea of like everybody being able to just pack on all this magic um, just because you had the summon, because you know they have the uh, uh, 
they're like one with the magic. I can't remember the, like the war of the magi and stuff like that in six. Um, so it makes sense for the plot. And it was just a really awesome way to implement it. And then they did it in nine, even better, I would say, um, where you equip equipment and you learn special abilities and you get to kind of choose all of those abilities. And like nines was crazy because I would get a new piece of armor or a new, weapon and i'd be like no i don't think i'm gonna put this on yet because i'm still trying to earn these abilities uh, just to see what they do just for the just for the hell of it you know and same way i approached nine as well it, it made me grind <laughs> I'm, like, yeah. I'm not done yet i can't move on until i'm done here careful with that word though we got uh i remember we got corrected on that you're like oh. somebody was like oh you don't have to grind in nine i'm like the grind comes in many forms. Yeah, I, I would consider it a grind. I mean, just just in general, anytime, at least in my opinion, is if you're you're stopping the story, you're stopping your progression, and you're running around in a circle, you're you're grinding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know how else you can define. Although people are interesting and weird, and you know have their opinions, some people may say, "Well, that's just a natural progression of the game. That's how you get from point A to point B." So I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I went back and listened again to your episodes of Final Fantasy 15. And I'm curious because this game is unique in the Final Fantasy series. Not only, you know, that it's, it's recent for one, and but this game has seen a lot of changes as well. And uh, I'm, I'm doing my playthrough now. I haven't, or at least I haven't noticed any of the new story stuff yet. I still think I'm a chapter or two away from the new stuff. But uh, has the story changes or the DLC kind of affected your opinion at, at all of the game from when you first played it to what, how it exists today? Um, I mean, honestly, I haven't, uh, I haven't really returned to the game, so it would be, it would be kind of unfair <laughs> to say one way or another. Uh, and this is, uh, what we have with Final Fantasy 15 is extremely interesting. I mean, it's, it's almost become a, uh, a Final Fantasy 14 situation mm -hmm. and very similar to that, I would say, because I can't play 14 in its original form any longer like it's it is the version that it is brought up to be so like when they come out with a new version of the game a new expansion like everything kind of plays like that and 15 is is sort of that way now too um now i i think i think it's important to acknowledge the uh the changes that might be made and the um, advances or setbacks depending on how you look at them of uh, the final fantasy 15 updates but i don't know we, we kind of decided with 15 like okay we'll do a review we're gonna rank it amongst the series and then if they change stuff later that's great um, especially if it works well for them and if not then uh you know that's fine too but it was kind of like a we're gonna we're gonna rank and we're gonna review the the core game that they've put out, and um, I think I'm pretty sure Joe would like to play the game again. And the nice thing about 15 is you get that new game plus, so it takes like eight hours, and it's purely cutscenes basically when you're level 99. So you could coast through the story again real quick, and that might be something we do for. 
um, when we actually end up reviewing all of the episode, blah, blah, blahs, uh, when the time comes just to truly experience all of the change. Um, so I think it's kind of an interesting idea. I, I don't really like the idea of it becoming the norm necessarily though, because when we had kind of a lot of, uh, issues with 15 on release, like not, not with the game itself, but like they announced it in September and I was like, Oh man, that's really soon. And then they kicked it back to November and I'm like, Oh, okay. And then they, you know, they released the game and then they keep like making tweaks and changes. And then like, it's nice to know that they're, they're listening and they're giving us what we want or what we've voted on, I guess a certain number of times, but I don't know for me when I saw the, the list of stuff when they, uh, so when Square Enix did their little, poll on like oh what would you like to see the most i was like well kind of all of it except for the higher difficulty modes like hey, i don't really care for that as much but because it's not i don't know final fantasy is one of those weird games where it's not like ooh, i want to play it on ultra extreme hard it's just there's usually only one setting and it's usually pretty easy until the end and then it's really ridiculously hard yeah that's- um so i think it's Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's like, I think that hard mode type stuff comes from older players and, like, people that grew up with the game like me. Uh, it's like, well, this this used to be a lot harder, and it's getting progressively easier as time goes on. Uh, you know, uh, 4, uh, even when it came to the States, when it was released as 2, was seriously dumbed down. Because I remember when I got the quote-unquote real version when it came out for the PS1, I was like, holy shit, this is a totally different game. I thought I was good at this. I didn't realize how bad I was. Uh, and so oh, yeah. I guess hold on to that. They think that it's more pure where I like the challenge, but I, I kind of look at a game a little bit differently. It's like, it's, is it enjoyable? That's really where my bottom line kind of is. Yeah. And four at times uses your like balls as a freaking punching bag. So I mean, that, <laughs> it gets pretty, it gets pretty crazy. in some of those, uh, some of those older ones and it's, I don't know, some of it's balance issues. So like, it's not, that it's hard it's just that it's too hard too quick uh kind of a thing but then again then again that's not always a bad thing i mean ff9 for me is arguably one of the easiest in the series and you kind of just progress through the story very naturally you're pretty leveled up until about the very end or i say leveled up but like ready to go um without doing too much grinding until uh, i would say the kefka fight and then the uh the final boss fight of the game in which i, I did get kind of slammed a few times by them but then i i don't know i i lost sight of the prize and i would like die to i would die to or not kefka geez um oh shit what's that guy's name uh, I, i'm blanking too because i was sitting there yeah. uh kuja another k kuja yeah it's kuja geez sorry guys uh the kuja fight like and it's weird because i would get like I would start thinking about that uh, that final guy, and I would just die to die to Kuja foolishly, and sometimes we would just like, thrash. <laughs> it's the so frustration. Like, oh, man, I, yeah, I beat Kuja the first time, and I lose the next two times, and then I beat both of them. So like, yeah, brutal. But uh, so yeah, it's I don't know. It is nice to have a balance in the games, but it's also for me, it's like if the final boss is really hard. And everything else was kind of difficult to an extent. I think that's kind of the that's kind of the perfect balance, in my opinion. 
And uh, one thing I wanted to ask you in particular, because, uh, you know, I, I had this discussion with the folks over from uh, LBR on their thoughts of the game, because, uh, you know, two of them had a similar opinion. One of them really liked the game, but the two that kind of didn't and they actually kind of tapped out early on it was that they felt it really wasn't a Final Fantasy in a sense. I mean, do you do you feel like 15 feels like a Final Fantasy and or, or really, I guess the broader question is, what really defines a Final Fantasy game for you? Well, according to the Gooch, a Final Fantasy game, uh, I think it's like, what is it? A turn-based RPG with a blue text box. So <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't have really any of that. So, I mean. It hasn't for years. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that that is also true. And like. Even the default one on some of the games, it's not blue until you change it. So yeah, <laughs> I didn't even um, think I, about that. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I, I kind of disagree. I think it I think it is a Final Fantasy, and I think you can, if you really take a step back and look at the series, I think it's a natural progression for the games. I mean, maybe not the. Uh, some of the things I don't know if you've listened to our review of fifteen, or I guess you said you did yeah, recently. Uh, some of the things that we felt, uh, me in particular, felt uh, were missing from the game. I think, I think make it feel semi not Final Fantasy esque. But then again, they're most of these games. They're not. Uh, I, I hate to hate to say this, but uh, they're they're not perfect, um, especially in the stories always making a hundred percent sense category so <laughs> i've been making fun it's, of it on stream here and there for the parts it's like uh this doesn't make a whole lot of sense uh i had somebody commenting in the stream when you walk around town with iris it's like it's weird that you're getting experience points for like going on a virtual date i'm like no it's even weirder than that she's a teenager <laughs> yeah she's somebody little sister but that's not how she's presented yeah. here is it <laughs> No, not at all. And then I found out how old she was, and I was like, oh, shit. I was kind of like, oh, I kind of like their relationship more than his and Luna Freya's. And I was like, wait, nah, never mind. Oh, never mind. Saying, this is wrong. <laughs> yeah, wrong, wrong. Yeah, but, uh, I, I definitely I, agree that that uh, I, I think that was one that both you and Joe agree that there needed to be a little bit more, uh, you know, fleshing out of the story, especially between uh, Noctis and Luna Freya. The relationship just kind of was presented as there. Ravis was just also kind of there. And I'm on chapter 10 in stream right now. So uh, one of my friends like, oh, man, I like him. And I said, well, without spoiling anything, I'm like, you're, you're going to be kind of disappointed at how his story ends so uh yeah i, I definitely get that with the narrative go ahead sorry uh yeah that's uh, there are a couple things like that and then the biggest i i got kind of over the luna Frey thing so i was talking to my roommate at the time and he was like oh you know i i looked at it more as a uh you know he was sad that he lost a friend rather than he lost um someone he loved like that was like truly in love with and i was like oh you know what when i look at that scene and i look at the things surrounding her uh her eventual demise spoilers for all those who haven't uh, haven't been 15 shouldn't be here but uh and and when i looked at it when i looked at it in that light i was like you know what this is actually pretty well done i i can't complain too much about it uh, but it wasn't really presented quite that way it was kind of semi-romantic like but 
the one that really bothered me and it was like this weird thing and i'm like why why would this be there like the was the was the was Iris and Gladiolus's lack of emotion at the the death of their father? Like the man died protecting the king, and they know that they sh- or at least they should know that, but they don't. They, 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 they like they have no emotional reactions. But then this old man, this this uh, <laughs> gallery of jewelry, Jared guy, he dies, and she's like crying about it. Like if she was crying about some random random jared dude dying she should have been like freaking out when her dad died somebody on so, my chat was like he was creepy anyway what's the deal <laughs> yeah he kind of is i'm like who is this jared guy and then this little kid i'm like this little kid is gonna piss me off later and i was right yes, he did i was like oh thank you for catching me up on what you should just let me freaking see yeah, with your little bobbleheads, but uh, yeah, there was there there are a couple things in the game that I it does feel like they were rushed, and it feels like they uh, they tried to set up a universe, which I I applaud the attempt, um, but it's just it's just kind of weird when huge story gaps from one of the forms of media, the Kingsclave movie, mm-hmm. it's like not it's not mentioned in the game, and like we don't. There's some of the stuff in the game that I or in the movie that I felt like probably should have been in the game instead, like the uh, the death of the king that would have had more of an impact in game, I think, than in movie, because in movie, it doesn't really matter. And in game, you don't really you don't see it happen or anything like that. So it's just kind of a it struck kind of a weird balance. Um, I think the exception to that would be the the anime series, which I actually quite enjoyed for 15. And I think that that was a good way to do it. That was like character building, like a little backstory setup uh, that didn't, didn't necessarily borrow or take and give with the, uh, uh, the game's plot itself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that way, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the Marvel universe, but I've heard similar things for their TV shows. Like everyone's like, yeah, you know, there, most of them were kind of okay. Some of them were really good. Um, I've heard some great things about like two or three of the shows, and I might end up watching them. I don't know. But the big problem I've always seen is though not really much happens in it because they want to save it for the movies. Right. Mm-hmm. So it seems like kind of a similar situation. Like, oh well, we can't we can't give that away. Um, so, or, or I, but it's like almost the opposite. It's like, well, no, it probably should have been in the game, but you put it in the movie, like the, the lesser thing, the thing that not as many people are going to, you know, get a hold of or try to consume kind of a thing. So it was just kind of a, kind of an awkward, um, an awkward rollout of it, but yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, there, there, there are a couple things in the game that, really stand out to me and like when i and the the other thing that i really wish they would have fleshed out and i guess they that was part of their little survey they did was the world of darkness like i wake up and you know noctis has turned into keanu reeves and i (laughs) i want to know what what's going on here like it's been 10 years and i'm like oh man this last chunk of the game is going to be sweet fight my way um run past the demon wall because there's just no way i can kill him um get into the get into the truck get like a ton of catching up story with the talcid guy mm-hmm. dropped off everybody's cool with me they're like oh hey man crew's back together we go i beat the game and i'm like what 
yeah i want to know what's going on like it just it felt like so rushed near the end it was exactly rushed and and i remember when i listened back because the one that stuck out to me was gladio and iris (laughs) not having any emotional you know loss of their father and i remember when y'all said that the first time i kind of filed it away in the back of my head and when i listened again i was like oh that's right i never even noticed that like and i watched the kingsglaive movie and it's something it's and i think that was the biggest problem with the extended universe it was that square enix assumed you were going to connect the dots instead of you know making sure like if you're you know on a radio show you never assume that somebody's been listening since you went on the air or even in the same segment you have to kind of reset things and it's like they forgot that because i i actually focused on that and the only time that you would actually know that they potentially lost somebody was when gladio and titan says hey that was my family's duty is to protect the king that's what we do and you know that's all we do but he never really said that his father died in the attack at all i mean we know that from the movie and we can draw the the lines together but that was that was so weird it's like not even explicitly mentioned that her father was dead it's it's so odd how they they did that assumption throughout the entire narrative yeah it was a it was a strange one especially with how emotionally charged they were when they lost the uh the creepy old guy yeah you know yeah and, and even then it, it it's it's almost like because at the part we're at now is when you know gladio starts you know turning full, full asshole on noctis and it's like well if if you know you maybe flesh out some maybe this is his repressed stuff about his dad dying and now he just sees noctis as this whiny brat and all he sees is people sacrificing around him and he still sees that noctis is breathing so he's like well what's the problem with you you don't even know what everybody else and myself have been dealing with instead he just looks like a gigantic ass the entire time i remember my my first playthrough when he started yelling at me in the dungeon that i'm about to get to for for leaving blind ignis behind i took a swing at him (laughs) i'm just like shut up <laughs> i've had it with your yeah. shit dude <laughs> yeah i was like you were my favorite because of the uh the handstand push-up shit in the <laughs> anime now you're just a douche <laughs> but yeah no and then you and then you realize you connect it the the dots to the you know connect the dot picture that they forgot to finish um and you you realize oh well maybe that's why he's being an a-hole but i honestly don't I don't even know if the if that's why. I think he's just being a jerk because Noctis is being kind of whiny, and he's like, you know, you don't even know the chick, so he's being a jerk because he thinks the scene with him grieving is because he was in love with her, but really, really they were just good friends. So he's as confused as I was when I first watched it, and he doesn't know his dad's dead. He doesn't know his dad's dead in the game. That's my theory. They they just didn't they just didn't let him in on that for the game. He's an emotional wreck, and then things were revealed to him off screen, and and <laughs> yeah. and he didn't say shit <laughs> yeah, to anybody ever. <laughs> I like that theory. I, I'm gonna go if I actually do get to play episode uh, Gladiolus in the future. I'm gonna go into it making that assumption that like core because I know he's with core in there, and core just tells us like yeah. By the way father's dead dude i don't know if you realize this but there's a reason you haven't seen him in a while (laughs) yeah he is really dead (laughs) and noctis probably doesn't even love luna so you know this whole marriage thing whatever don't worry about it (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I hope there's like a cavern scene with those two, and he just kind of goes over it. <laughs> That'd be pretty great. Well, all right, Caleb. I know you're I- extremely busy, and uh, you got to get to work soon. So I want to make sure you have plenty of time. Uh, thank you for coming on here. Thank you for spreading the word for the stream. Uh, I know after your retweets, I, I got a couple follows and some views on Twitch, and even a couple donations. So I appreciate you spreading the word. But before you sign off, I want you to let the audience know how to get a hold of your podcast uh ultimate final fantasy as well as some of the other projects that you're involved in as well oh cool yeah um so ultimate final fantasy is a uh, weekly final fantasy podcast um we're available pretty much everywhere the youtube i've been kind of lazy with lately um Usually I export the videos from Twitch, so you can follow us there. It's twitch.tv slash Ultima Final Fantasy. We generally try to live stream the episodes, but with uh, Joe and I's insane, absolutely insane holiday schedule, we pre-recorded a bunch of them, kind of returned to some of the movies, doing full-on commentaries recently. So those ones aren't as live streamed. Um, You can find all of those episodes uh, at ultimafinalfantasy.com or on any sort of uh, podcast app we're on pretty much every one of them uh, google play itunes um uh yeah pod bay all of those all those great places to find your podcasts um another project that we started a while back was we decided once we reached the top 100 list for a, a video game podcast that we were going to launch our own just general gaming cast and that is nude clan uh I love that if you want <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If you want um, all of the things in Ultima that like spill over every once in a while, that are just ridiculously over the top and probably too much, and uh, I'm surprised, surprised I haven't gotten like any threats or anything from some of the <laughs> shit I've said on the show. Um, but it's a great time. Uh, we've got some some of our, I would say, some of our greatest works are on uh, are on Nude Client Ultima. We put a lot of great time into the reviews, so I think those are some of the best things we've ever done but as far as like just overall fun and uh rantability i think nude clan is kind of the place to go for that so we have a lot of fun with that uh we have that super sexy podcast we mentioned earlier (laughs) hasn't been going for a little while but there's still like a huge backlog of a couple hundred episodes i think so if you're into that um which i know a lot of people are because it's it's just it's just awesome hearing our uh, our reactions to it. It's the, absurd. I mean, just to read it, when you read it out loud, it has such a different reaction <laughs> once, once it's out in the air. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, that that was a that was a great time for a long time. So so yeah, we've done a we've done a couple shows here and there. All right. Well, fantastic. Well, Caleb, thank you so much for coming on, helping support this little donation effort. And uh, I don't know if you've been able to, to keep up with it, but uh, thanks to you helping out, spreading the word. Uh, we're, we're looking at 1500 in the face right now. So definitely appreciate it. So thank you so, so much for all your help. And uh, uh, have a good day at work, man. I know things have been crazy, but I uh, hope it all goes well for you. Maybe you can get a little bit of sleep yeah man sounds good uh thanks for having me on it's always uh it's always a pleasure to do these kind of things so um great work with the uh with the fundraiser thus far i'll have to i'll have to throw a little little dough your way from us as well um but yeah keep up the great work and let's see how let's see how how far we can take this thing all right sounds great well you have a great one caleb thank you 
Yeah, you too, man. We'll catch you later.